All right, we're live. Welcome back to Talk with Army. This is Delilah. And I'm your co-host, Daisy. And we are uh, still doing Army Anonymous, right? Nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah, nothing Nothing has really changed. Um, but for this recording, I'm just going to say um, I apologize in advance if you guys may hear anything in my background while I'm speaking because... My dad has decided to be blasting music from the TV downstairs because it seems like once it's past 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, he just has no respect for anyone in the house. So if you hear any Nigerian music in the background, ignore it. Um, (laughs) But I'm going to try and do my best to edit my audio so you guys don't get that distracted. But yes, we are back with Army Anonymous and uh, we are in the internal issues the internal fandom issues category still so we're going to just continue off of that so this first submission here says the way army is spreading rumors about the boys and hey messages is pretty concerning with that rumor about taehyung the other day the only thing army said was bring more attention to a matter that was obviously a lie and when there's hey messages such as now with the boys going to the white house we respond to every negative comment in full force and end up making it bigger than it should frowny face and this is from argentina so for those who may not know about that whole taehyung thing basically um if you had uh listened to our previous army anonymous part that we released yesterday um we were talking a little bit about the kim garam bullying issue and how people were trying to link it to bts so bad well another really stupid theory that came out of that was that um Somebody, I don't know who it was, somebody had basically photoshopped uh, Jenny from Blackpink and Taehyung in the same car together driving somewhere. And then suddenly there was just like this whole big dating rumor that literally made no sense at all because I've seen better edits come from like literally anybody. Like I've never seen such like a stupid edit before. And so many people just ran with it. Um, I'm not necessarily strictly talking about inside the fandom. I also mean outside the fandom because obviously the people who were outside the fandom were the perpetrators. And then people were saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe Hybe is using uh, their biggest artist to go and uh, cover up for Kim Garm's bullying rumors. Like, I'm, I, like, basically their whole line of logic was that they were using one scandal to cover up another, which made absolutely no sense at all. And the fact that that scandal was just so blatantly not true like it wasn't happening he obviously wasn't in a car with jenny of blackpink and if he was they would have already made a statement about that and the thing the is like there was people... no statement it was just ignored right and you know how hype and big hit rolls if something is stupid and nonsensical they don't respond to it and so people were like literally tagging hype and tagging big hit like oh, how come you're not making a statement about this? How come you're not making a statement about this? And it's like, why would they? Why do they have to make a statement for every single stupidly photoshopped picture of their artists left and right? I, I just don't get that logic. And so um, I know that a couple of people may have believed it in the fandom, but I know nobody on my timeline did because nobody on my timeline is a dumbass. But um, some people may have and spreading those rumors or at the very least, like making it bigger by responding to those rumors. It was just stupid. Like I did not respond to those rumors at all. I just knew it was dumb. 
like I was even ranting about on private just about how stupid it was that people were even believing it in the first place because it's like when have they ever had something like this happen to them like I just I just didn't get it and then you know all this stuff you know regarding the White House and everything um there are some cases in which we probably should not have responded to certain people although when others get like massive clout from you know their just negative uh critiques and unfair critiques about bts going to the white house i feel like usually that type of stuff is okay to address because it's already gotten like clout um but if it's like some nobody who otherwise would have never gotten attention had armies not responded to it i feel like that stuff we can obviously leave alone and we've talked about this in previous episodes right um there i i don't really know what else to add to just because like daisy said we have spoken about this in previous episodes um and it's just it's it kind of gets exhausting to have to repeat all the time but it it did get weird especially with you know the white house like there was even this one politician i don't, i can't remember which state um uh somebody tucker charles yeah. Was it something? something? It was probably one of the Yeehaw states. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, he he had uh, said something about, you know, what BTS is going to do about certain, you know, issues in the community. And armies were rightfully roasting him. And the reply is like, sir, that is literally your job. Yeah. You are the representative of, you know, your state and your constituents you do something (laughs) and then people had even actually exposed him further because all of the stuff that he was asking bts to fix he had actually like voted against doing them so it's like sir the call's coming from inside the house i i just don't get how people were just so ready to like hold bts accountable for stuff that u.s politicians haven't even been able to achieve and honestly that just goes to show you what ridiculously high and foolish standards people put onto seven men from korea who are really just trying to get in their bag with their music they're just trying to make music for fans and make people happy and y'all are just adding all of this extra stuff to their job criteria that they didn't ask for so all this stuff about you know people trying to make bts into like politicians and whatever i it's tiring we're sick of it yeah um and so that's that submission the next one says most of the armies get diverted to the wrong side when they are just entering into the fandom and i wish there was some way that they directly get linked to reliable sources and not wrong accounts unity among reliable sources of some sorts and this is from india and yeah no this is definitely something that we've had a discussion about even here on the podcast quite a few times about what can we do to make sure that baby armies are led in a the right direction in which they're not susceptible to Manti and solo narratives, but they also still have like the freedom to explore BTS at their own pace. Yeah, um, I feel like, yeah, it's definitely stuff we talked about before about how once you get into the fandom, especially these days, it's just so overwhelming that a lot of times you don't even know where to turn to for information and you know who to follow and all that kind of stuff. And so there are times where 
some armies will end up going down the wrong path and it can happen through multiple different ways, which is why it's so hard to monitor and so hard to control. Um, and like, for example, I know that there were some, I think it was an army who had mentioned how they had almost become like, uh, it was like, a, I think it may have been like a Jungkook solo stand or something because they had um, followed the Jungkook trend on Twitter and then, you know, after following that trend, they started getting like a lot of tweets from that trend that was like, oh, Jungkook deserves to be treated better. Oh, respect Jungkook, blah, blah, blah. And they genuinely thought he was being mistreated for a while until they, he, they realized that they were actually just like, it was all just like solo rhetoric. And then they got out of that, good for them. But like the fact that just from like Twitter trends that people can get indoctrinated into like the solo stand community, it just goes to show you how easy it is to just lose somebody amongst all of that. And so uh, when it comes to that, I, I, I agree with this person. I really wish that there was a more reliable and efficient way to get most armies into the fandom uh, so they don't end up turning to those sides. Uh, I feel like it's a work in progress, but I feel like now more than ever, we're gonna need to speed it up, especially with all of the members releasing solo work. A lot of discussions have been going on on the timeline about how we want to make sure that armies are the ones making these uh, you know, goals for all the members album releases and not solo stands and how uh, we want to make sure that regardless of the fact that BTS are releasing official solo work now, their fandom is still armies. It's not Hope Worldians or Jungkookers or Sukjinis or anybody like that. We all are armies and we need to be able to maintain that narrative. So, I mean, I feel like now more than ever, we do need um, that push to make sure that armies are getting onto the right side of Twitter or whatever platform that they're on. Right. Um, I, I guess, you know, there's, uh, probably some way to compile, you know, maybe certain accounts, one can follow certain translators, certain, um, websites that have documented BTS's past events and whatnot, but then the question is, who's going to compile all of that? How are we going to distribute it? Um, it's so... Yeah, it, it, it's a more complicated process, but that's that was that submission. Oh my god, I'm I'm sorry. Alice is all <laughs> over me right now. We're in the middle of moving, so she's kind of freaking out about uh, the state of the house right now. So sorry for her if you hear her in the background. Um, but yeah, next submission. I revisited your earlier episode on infantilization versus over-sexualization. And I think you guys were unknowingly onto a bigger issue in our fandom. You mentioned how some people feel the need to over-sexualize the boys in hopes of solving the infantilization issue and vice versa. I think this running theme of overcorrection is seen in almost every aspect of our fandom culture because people are afraid they'll say or do the wrong thing. Overly criticizing people's tweets and who they follow in fear of them being problematic or associated with solo anti-activity. Taking any K-Army's argument as gospel in fear of invalidating Asian voices. Behaving like pick-me's to other fandoms in fear of being labeled as toxic, making the most vulgar and disgusting edits of the boys in fear of being labeled homophobic. I could go on forever. I love how we're super aware of these issues and are actively trying to combat them, but we're just creating more problems at this rate. Love you guys. Purple Heart from the USA. 
Yeah, um, that infantilization versus over-sexualization tweet was really just, uh, sorry, not tweet, um, our episode. It was um, definitely needed because there's always going to be a problem with that, whether it's our fandom or other fandoms, because it's just such a big issue, especially in the K-pop community uh, in general. And um, I just really wish that a lot of people's response to infantilization or over-sexualization was to just go to the complete opposite side of the spectrum. It just gets us nowhere. And, um, you know, constantly doing this thing where people will follow the crowd um, so they don't get labeled as an anti or anything else. It's just so weird. And I just, I really just don't get it. And We've also talked about this in other episodes, such as, um, uh, which one was it? It was, uh, I think it may have been the one, uh, the Purple Police one, where we had talked about the way that people will, you know, instantly follow somebody who is policing in fear of being, uh, like, in fear of being labeled as somebody who is problematic. So I feel like definitely there's a lot to be learned from that. Yeah, I think uh, this person made a really good point of applying that episode to the rest of the culture and the fandom because we are seeing this overcorrection a lot and the examples they gave definitely ring true. And at this point, I'm not exactly sure how to go about fixing it. I think just... I think the way to fix it is that you have to just try to be able to form your own opinions and think logically about um, discussions that are that pop up, whatever those discussions may be, because especially when it comes to the, you know, listen to K armies thing, every single comeback, there is some rumor that goes around saying, oh, K-Armies are mad at Big Hit or K-Armies are going to protest the comeback. And, like, this has happened for many years. Like, just a few weeks before comeback, there's always something stirring on the K side of the fandom that we never really know what it is. Um, And, of course, comeback comes and everything's fine, right? So this time around, it, it was very weird that whenever someone you know would ask clarification like oh what what well what's the issue can you can you tell us what it is instead of just you know us taking your word for it because we don't know korean we don't know what's happening you have to give us context and a lot of responses were just basically shut up and believe us (laughs) (laughs) no like i really like i really hate those types of people where they're just like dude trust me like that's your source like i just don't i i i always hate that because they'll just say that something is happening and we just have to accept it without question and there's just no critical thinking going on and this happens so often um and that's even something that has really just like sparked a lot of conflict sometimes between international armies and K armies where somebody will say that this is happening because a few Korean people are tweeting about it, but then they completely lose like all the nuance that we have on like the international side where, you know, instead of 
international because like for international side obviously you have the solos you have the mantis you have all the different sectors of people who are tweeting about something but when it comes to like the k side a lot of people just do not make that distinction and because some korean person is talking about it you know they just automatically get grouped in as an army without even like looking through their account and seeing like how they tweet what they tweet about blah 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 it's very weird i feel like we just really need to be a lot more um critical when we are navigating this app and you know just really look at things with nuance learn how to question um and always look for sources also another way um i think to avoid overcorrecting is just don't comment on something like if you see discourse going on um you don't always have to be a part of it and i i think that's um a big issue a lot of people have that they feel like they have to voice an opinion because other people you know are going to look at that opinion and like this person says oh because they said this then that means they are aren't a solo stand and it's and it's and it's complex i think but also um you know what me and daisy do if we see a conversation going on and we're like i don't understand what the problem is or you know no one really sees a problem in this but it's kind of weird don't you think we'll discuss it in the group chat and then we'll have a conversation that it'll sometimes go on back and forth for like over an hour and then eventually we're like okay i see i see um like you don't need to be having all of these discussions on your timeline because that also invites other people that maybe not may not have a full context of who you are and like what you mean um and what you're trying to imply and also that way you don't have to fear about you know getting backlash because you're too much of this or too less of that so um being able to engage in discourse um publicly is um is a tool that a lot of people actually don't have um i personally am not saying i have this tool either which is why like i said i say things in a group chat right so um i just think you know with the world of social media just having proper discourse it's just it's not possible oh yeah i i agree with the whole group chat thing completely like if it wasn't for our group chat like i just don't know what kind of chaos we would be causing on the timeline just like saying all this random stuff and we may not even have the full context it's good to be able to have that space where you can discuss things without having to worry about any outside um opinions or without having to worry about your tweet leaving its target audience and so being able to talk with somebody and try and look for the full context of something and then not have it leave that space i feel is just very very important and so I would recommend that for everyone because, you know, just tweeting things and then like you don't even know the full context is ridiculous. And for me, if I don't get something or if I really am not interested in looking for the full context of something, I just do not participate in the discourse. So many people on this app just love to put in their two cents when they haven't even figured out what the heck everyone is talking about. And that's like a, that's just such a huge problem. And I just don't. I don't get the appeal in doing that um, because then once everyone starts dragging you and then 
like suddenly that person gets mad even though like they were already like spewing stuff without context from the get-go it's really frustrating and so that's why obviously with twitter it's really hard to have nuanced conversations and again that's why we have this podcast all right the next submission says regarding tay's rumor i think everyone is too fast to believe any rumor concerning him what is the image of him they have I don't think they would believe those things if it was another member, but for some reason, a lot of armies think of Taehyung as a womanizer. And this is from Argentina. Yeah, in terms of this, this is just the same rumor that I was talking about earlier with Blackpink's Jenny. And um, I don't know how many armies actually believed it because they just weren't on my timeline. So I didn't see most of that. I just saw most of the outside reception. But in terms of the people who do believe it, um, in terms of whether or not they would believe it if it was another member, I don't know. But all I know is that Taeyong is not a womanizer. And I feel like just because he can be alluring, that doesn't mean that that kind of translates to how he treats women. And I feel like that's a really stupid assumption to make. And I feel like it's just been getting more and more, especially after, like, for example, like the Grammy performance that they had where um, uh, in the beginning of their performance, uh, Olivia Rodrigo was sitting next to him and she was kind of playing as the quote unquote museum curator that Taehyung was supposed to steal um, their access card from. And so like, for example, like when he was talking with her and then like he whispered something in her ear and then she pretended to be shocked and whatever. And then he grabbed the card. A lot of people were like, oh my gosh, like, why is he doing that? Like, that's so weird. The fact that he's doing that and like, she's like 19 or whatever, but like, if we, if you guys actually read the Weavers interview that came out a couple of days ago, Tay actually said that he had no idea who he was going to be seated next to at the Grammys. So this, he would have done the same thing for like whoever he was sitting next to, but it just so happened to be Olivia. And he just kind of just whispered like literally nothing in his ear. He said like that she, he whispered in her ear, like blah, 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 or something like that. And like, she just had to act and she was good at it. I will say that she was very good at it. Um, but like the way that people kind of took that moment and just like ran with it, I feel like that kind of uh, thing also ended up, um, I feel like that just ended up kind of accelerating uh, the, the this whole rumor situation because people were like, oh, well, if he's doing this, imagine like what he's doing with like Blackpink's Jenny or whatever. And I'm like, uh, that's kind of reaching, but um, yeah. It's not it's just, just reaching, it's weird. You're weird. It's weird. <laughs> Like, I don't understand. The whole Grammys thing was so weird. Like, it was obviously a skit uh, and nothing more. I don't know why people were trying to twist it to something. It was not. It it really was just weird. Um, And so I think um, you mentioned uh, Taehyung's Weaver's um, interview. And that's actually why I think, you know, BTS's interviews with Weavers Magazine, I feel like that is something that should be like mandatory reading for armies um, because a lot of their thoughts that we get about the music they make and the promotions they do come from those interviews. And so I, I, I just wish um, people just, you know, had a little bit more faith um in the boys' integrity, because I swear there are so many times where we will say it's not that big of a deal, it's probably just this, and then people fight about it, and then like two weeks later it's revealed that, oh yeah, it was just that all along, and it's it's a dumb cycle. <sighs> but It is. 
Anyway, the next submission says, I'm a butter army, and within a year I've been a fan. TikTok army and K-pop stands have been quite insufferable. The amazing edits aside, there's a handful of people who are a bit too comfortable with making jokes at BTS's expense, as well as spreading misinformation about their character. A big trend that happened last year was that Namjoon's Hawaii rap had quickly turned into mocking him. They spread the Yoongi is cold, Taehyung vibe check, and Jungkook is dumb narrative as well. It's always, it's always put off as jokes when confronted or that fans take things too seriously. I'm sure the TikToks are a mixture of anti slash mantis and ex-army as well as army who don't understand how disrespectful some jokes come across. I know you guys had talked in passing about TikTok ARMY, but it would be interesting to hear an episode about them and their crimes. Thank you so much for your podcast. You guys have really helped me in my journey as an ARMY. Keep it up from the USA. Well, <laughs> Not their you. crimes. <laughs> I know, the they will pay for their crimes is really taking me out. Um, but also, congrats, uh, Butter Era Army. That's great. And thank you for finding our podcast and listening. Um, and yes. you're right. I don't know what is wrong with TikTok. Um, and this is someone who likes TikTok. I um, go on TikTok quite frequently. But to be honest, now that I think about it, I'm not on like the K-pop side of TikTok. Um, and there's a reason for that, uh, for the reasons that this person uh, said in their submission. Yeah, there's been a lot of TikTok army slander as of late. And when I see some of the TikToks that actually go viral on uh, the K-pop side of TikTok that are BTS related, I can understand why. Because yes, I can agree that... Um, you know, there are a lot of really good BTS edits that come out of TikTok, but at the same time, like these narratives that spread about certain members is just really, really terrible. And it's not like Twitter where a lot of the times like you're talking back and forth with somebody. Uh, TikTok, because of the way that it's formatted, it is quite difficult to correct that misinformation in a place where a lot of people are going to see it. And so like, yeah, you can say in the comments, oh, actually, this is wrong. This, this, and this happened. But first of all, there's a character limit for comments. So um, it's going to be pretty difficult if you need to make a lengthy post about it. And then B, um, it's still the comments at the end of the day. You can't retweet something. You can't do whatever. You can't like quote tweet something. So um, a lot of times the corrections that you may make on, uh, in the comments of somebody's post are just going to go unseen. So it's it's really difficult. And I get it. Like you can take clips of certain TikToks and then go and make your own based off of it. But then at the same time, you still need that audience who are going to go and watch it. And you may not have as big of an audience as the person who may have gotten viral for that particular video that they made. And so it's really difficult on TikTok. And, you know, all these different tropes that are just completely wrong. Yoongi's cold, Taehyung vibe check, Jungkook is dumb. Like, I just don't get how people look at these jokes and think, yeah, this is okay to post you know like i feel like there's a lot of times where because armies are closer to their uh favorite artists compared to other fandoms that some people have this false sense of over familiarity with the boys and so feel like they can make jokes that cross boundaries even though they don't know bts nearly enough to be able to do that 
BTS are allowed to poke fun at themselves all they want because they know each other and they know each other's limits and their boundaries. We as fans do not. And so for people to just constantly be making these jokes and then act like it's not a big deal, um, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't I don't get that. Like, I know technically Jungkook's saying you're the best friend for the rest of my life, but there still has to be some boundaries, okay? Um, and a lot of these jokes just don't even make any sense because a lot of them are just based off completely false pretenses. Um, like, also, something that always really bothered me about the Jungkook is dumb narrative is that was, that was started because... Uh, he had gotten one bad grade on one test several years ago in high school and also the joke that like he never attends school because you know he's busy with BTS so he attended like I don't know once a month is that true I don't know I made that up uh see how easy it is to spread information I don't know how uh, much he actually attended school but it probably you know wasn't um wasn't that often just because he probably had to do a lot of homework while he was on tour or during schedules and whatnot and i feel like you should instead think about how the idol industry and how you know insane it is that we have so many you know 13 14 15 year olds skipping out on school because they have to work these crazy insane schedules and so for people to you know hold that against him and make it seem like he's dumb when he's not dumb he's literally in grad or no he just finished grad school didn't he um yeah he just graduated yeah. from his undergraduate yeah degree. He, or yeah he's uh just finished college and he's um doing a master's so like i don't like it just it doesn't compute it doesn't make sense and i know people listening to this podcast you know they probably also agree and understand that it doesn't make sense um but it's just i i have to you know relieve my frustration somewhere (laughs) yeah the fact that he's already gotten this far like he has like higher education like i don't know if he's doing a master's it may be other members i know other members are i don't know if he is in particular but the fact that he has a bachelor's and people are still trying to act like he's dumb when he's absolutely not and like that whole one bad grade thing meanwhile all of his other grades were like really good i feel like people like, have are you just looking all at- never failed a test before like in your life i mean maybe you haven't and that's good for you but also it's it's not that deep mm-hmm. Right. It's not that deep. You know, there have been times where I've gotten bad grades in school, but then those really just don't define me. They don't define my intelligence and everyone can grow from any type of mistakes that they make. I mean, and this is not even taking into account the fact that some people just um, are able to learn differently or are able to work on schoolwork differently. Some people are not good at doing exams, but you look at their classwork and it's just 10 out of 10. I mean, that was the case for me in my last few years of high school. I hated doing exams. I found them really difficult. But when it came to classwork, it was always fine. Coursework was always fine. But exams were just really hard for me. And so if you used my exams to measure my intelligence, you're going to get a completely different story than if you looked at my classwork or if you looked at both of them together and then, you know, looked at the context of the situation. So when it comes to things like that, it can be just incredibly frustrating because people just learn and thrive um, in school uh, in different ways. 
And so it's unfair to make it seem like because of that one grave that he's somehow lesser than. And, you know, even Jin, like he, um, if you guys haven't been here for long, he proudly declares that one time that he got four points uh, on a science test when he was younger. But then at the same time, he graduated from one of the top 20 most prestigious universities in Seoul. This is your resident editing fairy Daisy here. Uh, quick correction to that statement. Jin didn't just graduate from one of the top 20 universities in Seoul. It's actually one of the top 20 universities in Korea that he graduated from. So yeah, Jin is that guy. Don't even mess with him. And on top of that, he was one of the only people in his entire school to get early admission. Like that just doesn't happen. So clearly he's very, very intelligent. And just because he got four points on that one science test doesn't mean he's stupid. But some people just love to take one singular grade from one singular assignment in school and just make that somebody's entire like IQ score. Right. And um, I did look it up and uh, there's no confirmation that Jungkook is in grad school. Um, so who knows um, if he's pursuing um, further higher education or not. But it's just it's just um, regardless, even if he didn't go to college, um, I, I, I just don't understand where these narratives come from. Um, what there was that I remember. Um, there's just like one account that I saw that said that Jungkook never graduated high school. Huh? Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you were there for that, Daisy. We were talking about it, and we were like, "There's literally a whole Bangtan bomb of him graduating high school." There, it, it was huge on the news. The uh, there was a whole like press there on his graduation date. BTS recreated the first day he went to high school um, with the last day um, he was in high school. They, like, recreated that photo and everything. Like, like how are you just going to sit here and lie? Lie like, in it broad is daylight. public knowledge. Right. Everything about that graduation was publicized. We even have his yearbook photo on the internet. Like, everything about that was just so out in the open. So for somebody to say he never graduated high school when, like, we literally have all the evidence 4K? Come on, man. That's just absolutely ridiculous. See how people just lie? People just lie for fun on here. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But you know what? People are going to fact check because... You know, I'm one of those people that, you know, I mean, I'll fact check things, but also I like to give benefit of the doubt and think, well, why would someone just lie to me? Right? Like, I feel like that's <laughs> a very cynical way to go through life to just assume everyone is feeding you false information all the time. Like, imagine how anxiety inducing that would be if uh, you have to live thinking everything you hear is just fake. Um, so if someone is scrolling TikTok, um, and someone makes a compilation of K-pop idols that never finished high school and, like, Jungkook is in the compilation, I mean, do, do, are, are they going to be like, oh, let me look this up or be, or instead are they going to be like, wow, I didn't know that. Probably the latter. They're probably going to take that as face value because why would someone just lie on the internet? Right, but these days, especially on Twitter, you have to come with the mindset that everybody is lying to you. 
So if you're on Twitter and somebody says something and there's no definite source, you ask them and if they can't give it to you, you look for it. And if you can't find it, you take that information with a grain of salt because we just cannot afford to be just believing things willy nilly anymore. Our fandom is way too big for that. And it's way harder to do damage control than it is to just prevent that information from spreading in the first place. Like prevention better than, What's what's the saying about preventing something is oh, better than like, like treating it? Prevention is better than oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, treatment, treatment. Treatment, yes, there it is. I'm sorry, I woke up a couple of hours ago. I'm I'm still I'm still in the clouds, but that basically oh, or, what or I'm trying to say is prevention before intervention. I've heard that one too. Oh, that's actually catchy. That's bars. Okay, um, we'll do that one. Prevention is better than intervention. So when it comes to things like that, um, people just really need to watch what information they're taking in. And they always have to learn how to analyze the information critically. And that's kind of what we've been talking about with the past couple of submissions. So um, yeah, maybe we might do an episode on TikTok armies, but we would have to do extra digging on that because personally me, I'm not on TikTok that much, so I don't really see that much anyway. So that would be completely new and uncharted territory for me. But we will right. we will keep that idea in the idea bank. So but if, yeah, if you are interested in some aspects of TikTok, we did do an episode on K-pop shifting, and that um, section of TikTok with uh, our good friend friend Grace. So you can go check out that episode uh, if you're interested. Um, and that was all about um, TikTok and that community. But yeah. Yeah. Next submission. Yeah. So the next submission says, I'm a butter army. And when older armies said to barricade Twitter doors for comeback season, they were not kidding. This is my first comeback. Although I was around for PTD, I wasn't on army Twitter at the time like I am now. The amount of stuff that has gone on from an album announcement at PTD Vegas to now has been a lot. The raid on Jimin's mail, journalists starting fights with armies, the reaction to proof being an anthology, enlistment conversations, the filtered discourse, the strong negative reaction to BTS speaking with President Biden, just to name a few. I can't wrap my head around why people have it out for BTS and ARMY. It's just music at the end of the day. BTS literally don't speak on anything publicly. They just flirt on Instagram and Weavers and share little things from their day and ignore Twitter. Why is comeback season so intense like this each time? Thank you so much, guys. Your podcast has been so insightful, sending nothing but love your way from the USA. Well, first of all, thank you very much. And second of all, we're we're actually getting a lot of butter armies in this uh, Army Anonymous form. It's quite interesting. Um, But to answer the submission, yeah, every comeback season, it's just always like, we're always on go mode, bro. Like we always have to be, make sure, like we always have to make sure that we're locking the doors, we're barricading the windows, we're doing everything because when it comes to comeback season, because it's such a publicized thing because BTS are the biggest acts to come out of Korea and they're one of the biggest groups in the world. Well, they are the biggest group in the world, really. That means that everything that they do is put under a microscope. And of course you have all these haters. They're trying to ruin BTS. They're trying to make sure that BTS suffer for no particular reason at all. So when it is comeback season, you're just gonna have a lot of people looking to cause some sort of scandal that's gonna really make BTS fall into um, the bad books of the general public. And that's usually what a lot of these things are. Like that whole thing with Jimin's mail, and for all who don't know what that is, basically somebody 
had taken like Jimin's mail and um, the mail that they had taken in particular was for some sort of insurance premium that he had to pay on his apartment. And because um, he didn't actually get to take that mail out of the mailbox, then he wasn't able to pay it. And then suddenly they made it a scandal about Jimin not paying his insurance premium, even though the only reason why he couldn't pay it is because somebody stole it. And so that was a whole thing. They tried to make Jimin seem like he was irresponsible, like he didn't pay his bills. And that was like so stupid. And then another thing, you know, that whole anthology album reaction, we've talked about uh, this a lot more in detail in our episode about the hyperconsumption of media within the K-pop community. Um, And then, you know, the President Biden discourse, it's just a lot. Like there's just so much going on. And like whenever BTS have a comeback, it seems like this is just all that happens. I mean, yes, there's a lot of ups, but then there's a lot of downs from people trying to make the comeback uh, season a terrible time for armies. They're trying to ruin everything. And so uh, all I have to say is that for next comeback, whenever that is, I mean, even for their solo releases that are coming up, um, uh, uh, like within the span of this year and next year, I just say be prepared, man, because people are always going to be coming at us regardless of whether it's the whole group uh, promoting or whether it's just one person promoting. So just just get ready is all I have to say. Right. And like I said earlier, we see this cycle all the time. It's like BTS comeback announced. There's all like these random scandals that never lead up to anything and are, are just dumb. And then comeback comes and everything's great. And then rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. That's how it always is every single comeback. So um, we're glad that you're still here. Um, and so we hope that for next comeback, you, you're you prepared because you basically had a glimpse as to what it's like. So <laughs> yeah, there's that submission. So the next submission says, Hi, I only became an ARMY at the end of November because my friend showed me like, still with you, and dang, and then I started to watch videos and get to know the tannies, and then I started to be on ARMY TikTok a lot, and I deleted the app recently because I feel like it ruined the start of my baby ARMY experience. I think I'm still in baby ARMY phase as I haven't made it through much of their content yet. But because of how TikTok is structured and its algorithm, I started to consume things about the boys that made me doubt myself as there are not many black armies around me, nor are there many armies around me in general. So when I saw content like if you stay in BTS, then how can you not like so-and-so because BTS are problematic? I thought, well, they aren't because person I personally feel like it's not a competition, first of all, and there's a difference between making mistakes and learning from them and continuing to make those mistakes and not caring about those you've hurt, which is not what BTS is. A lot of times people make comments like armies hide things or make situations worse than they are actually like the Jungkook and Jay Park thing that happened uh, last month. It made me realize that a lot if stands, particularly on TikTok, have a lot of unresolved feelings about the boys, yet they have a whole stand page about them. I had to delete the app and I enjoy army Twitter much more. I joined because of this podcast. Sorry for the long submission, but it's something I've been thinking about recently. And this is from the UK. Yeah, this whole thing about like people, first of all, people trying to make it seem like if you like BTS, you have to like group XYZ. It's very stupid because sometimes BTS music just does it for people and nothing else does. And that's the case for me. And that's why I don't stand anyone else on the same level as BTS within the K-pop industry. And so, you know, for other people, it may be different, but that doesn't mean that every army has to like another group. And for the most part, most armies actually don't stand other groups the way they stand BTS. I've taken polls multiple times and those polls have had thousands upon thousands of responses. And it's always like around like 80 to 90% of the people responding to the poll 
who say that um, they were GP before ARMY and, you know, that a lot of people just don't stand any other groups. Like, a lot of people think that, like, so many ARMYs came from other K-pop fandoms when that's not true at all. A lot of people who are ARMYs are literally just getting into K-pop for the first time. And then on top of all that, this whole thing about, oh, BTS being problematic, and we've talked about this before on other ARMY Anonymous submissions and uh, also in our Cultural Appropriation Olympics episode, which is, I believe, episode 12. Um, and, you know, this whole thing about, oh, BTS are problematic because they did X, Y, Z. But then the thing is, we've clearly seen that they've grown from those mistakes and some of those mistakes have just been directly acknowledged and apologized for. And I just personally feel that I can trust BTS and I can trust the fact that if they make a mistake, then they can grow from that and that they can learn from that. And all the problematic quote unquote racist things that people say that they've done in the past, some of them have just been completely made up. Um, a lot of that stuff that has happened like between like 2013, 2014, like you've literally never seen them do that stuff again. But meanwhile, they're saying that BTS are problematic while they themselves stand people who have just been repeat offenders for the past few years. Cause like, it's one thing if it was like back in like 20, like the early 2010s, because a lot of people were much more ignorant back then. But now in 2022, if your fave is saying the N word, if your fave is wearing dreadlocks, if your fave is doing any sort of appropriation like there's no excuse anymore koreans may be a homogenous society but they're not dumb and they got the fastest wi-fi in the world so if they can't get on neighbor and go and look up how to be culturally sensitive there's no saving them i'm sorry right um and then another thing this person brought up that uh, also annoys me is when people say oh army said this army said that it's like no that thing you're talking about happened long ago and when it happened it got resolved already and we moved on like no one's hiding anything it's just it it doesn't matter anymore um yeah and 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 I, i just don't understand why people love to just blatantly lie and say oh they they covered this no it's not covered um in fact a lot of times um you know when there are you know, scandals um, that happen in regards to cultural sensitivity, like um, like the Jim Jones thing and whatnot. I saw people trying to say armies covered that up, but I have no clue where that narrative came from. Because where Army's, did that come from? <laughs> right, because like, are you? Because we were having discussions about it for like three, four days straight, and it, it was so stressful. I think me and Daisy, like, honestly, took an entire day off of Twitter because of how crazy it was. People were sending emails to Big Hit. Like, it was not a covered-up situation at all. And so for people to just, you know, um, say that, like, armies act like saints um, or that armies try to depict BTS as saints, like, I'm sorry that BTS are just genuinely good people and you're not going to catch them um, not being good people. And this is something that we have seen with everything. Like we said in the previous submissions, people are just waiting for BTS to be caught up in something. And it's honestly very sick. Yeah, it's just incredibly frustrating the way that people really think that armies just hide things. Or, like, I I just don't get that. Like you said, a lot of things are just resolved at the time of the incident. 
And then once they're resolved, you don't need to bring it back up. Like, why would I be bringing up something that happened like seven to eight years ago if it hasn't happened again and the people in question have have clearly learned from that experience? I'm the type of person where once something has been resolved, I just don't mention it. There's no need to. And so the way that people are like, oh, armies hid this, it's like, no, just say that you weren't here when the thing happened and you didn't see the response and go because it's just so dishonest and it makes armies seem like all of us are just uh, um, just kind of co-signing on some sort of like anti whatever agenda, whether it's anti-black, anti this, anti that, it's just really so frustrating. And like this whole Jay Park thing that they brought up, for those who don't know what they're talking about, uh, basically a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, I don't remember how long it was ago. It may have been like last month or so. But what had happened was that uh, Jay Park had posted a picture with Jungkook um, in in his studio or something. I don't know. And um, if you don't know who Jay Park is, Jay Park operates under the K-hip-hop scene. But the thing is with him, he's just such a repeat offender of cultural appropriation and cultural insensitivity. And if you've seen some of his... Uh, music videos and stuff like that it's very apparent um I know there's this one particular music video where like he was like rapping and he was being and he was surrounded by like a bunch of other they may have been other Korean hip-hop artists or something or maybe they were just like an entourage of people but like half of them were just like all everyone in his label basically (laughs) ah but they were like so many of them were just in like black hairstyles and it's like all of y'all are Korean what are you doing like y'all look goofy And the way that he justifies doing that kind of stuff is that, oh, he's a big fan of the culture and he just respects it as what he grew up with, but that doesn't give you right to be wearing black hairstyles. And so I don't know how he and Jungkook managed to link up, but maybe Jay Park invited him and Jungkook showed up. I'm not sure. But then that selfie ended up surfacing. And so people took that as him co-signing anti-black agendas or cultural insensitivity, cultural appropriation, when I don't think that's the correct response to have. Um, Cause me, I mean, even though we know all this stuff about Jay Park, God knows if BTS even pay attention to what other celebrities are doing. I mean, with all the stuff that they do with how busy they are, I honestly would not blame them if they didn't. Um, and even if they did, I mean, it's likely that Jungkook showed up because Jay Park invited him. I mean, the only, I mean, that's why Jay Park posted to his Instagram page and not Jungkook posting to his own Instagram page. So it's likely that he just showed up and, you know, I don't know what they talked about. And I don't even know if they're making music together because it's been a couple of months. So I'm just assuming not. Maybe they just met up just because. Um, So there's that. Um, I'm not going to go and try and figure out the story for myself because a lot of that stuff is just unconfirmed information, but that's what happened. And so, um, from that, it's just very weird behavior, people making like conclusions that don't even make sense. And so I feel like when it comes to that kind of stuff, I just really try my best to distance myself from it and keep my peace. And so, for you to just go ahead and delete TikTok, honestly, I probably would have done the same. Also, just this is unrelated to the submission. I think uh, the submission itself. Um, 
we've wrapped up quite nicely but also i'm so happy you found this podcast outside of twitter because usually that's how people find this podcast via twitter so i don't know how you found this podcast but um thank you and i hope i hope your time on army twitter is much better exactly so the next submission says my biggest concern at the moment is that we have an influx of 0.1% who are consistently loud and I rarely see any rational army speaking up. It's like we have lost our compass and are letting them run wild. How can we stop them? And this is from the US. Um, in terms of what exactly they're speaking about, I'm not sure, but there definitely are times where I feel like I just see some things on the timeline and I'm like, who is allowing you to say this? Um, I feel like now that we're kind of in our stabilizing era, I mean, our stabilizing phase after the festive dinner that we just need to really come back together and just make sure that we're obviously having these important discussions about like, you know, debunking rumors and all that kind of stuff. Because sometimes, especially like with that whole like uh, dating scandal situation that we were talking about with Young, there's just a lot of weird stuff that like people were letting slide on the timeline. Um, not my time in particular, but like I just see like some armies are like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe Hype would do this. And I'm like, well, are, are you stupid? Like, why would they ever do that? Like, why would they ever just use one scandal to cover up another? It's the same type of rhetoric that shippers have where they say that like Big Hit is hiding Taekook by using G-Cook um, to, as, a, as a shield, as a cover. And I'm like, it does not make sense to hide one gay relationship with another gay relationship. Nope. Please open your brain. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, I don't I, I don't know what to do about that because it is just unhinged behavior and I just hope that um, in a few years they'll grow out of it. That's that's my hope. Oh, for sure. Um, I just hope that as we get closer and closer to the release of Jungkook's solo work, his collab with Charlie Puth, and then with Hobie's album coming next month that uh, we can all get it together and really just uh, unite to face uh, our common enemy once more. So that is that submission. So the next submission says, I'm a butter army and I don't get why some fans can't just trust BTS. With the announcement of Proof, I feel like so many people were upset that it was an anthology with three new songs. All that crying and anger over the album only for it to give us demos, SoundCloud releases, and five new songs instead of three. I understand having expectations. I think we were all expecting a new mini or full album. And to be honest, I was surprised at the number of new songs when it was first announced. But that doesn't give people the right to question BTS as people and creatives. BTS have never just thrown something out as a cash grab with no love and thought put into it. Proof may not be a quote-unquote new album, but it's new photo cards, new photo shoots, new content, new performances, etc. Within my short time of being an ARMY, I've seen this attitude towards them a lot. It's repetitive, because at the end of the day, BTS always proves them wrong and always exceeds our expectations. Learn to trust BTS. You'll enjoy being a fan a lot more. Anyway, sorry this was long. Thank you so much for your podcast. It's been very helpful to me as a newer fan. Keep up the amazing, beautiful work. And this is from, they say America, but before that they put anxiety about a possible world tour. <laughs> um, so first of all, thank you so much for those kind words. We really appreciate that. And again, another Butter Army who's submitting to this. We have a lot of Butter Armies in this submission. That's very interesting. Um, and, you know, about the anthology album, it's just 
really, really frustrating um, that um, a lot of people just really have this crazy expectation for people to, like, for BTS to just, like, always be releasing music nonstop. And, you know, with the case of this anthology album, it came to light in the Festa dinner that BTS... First of all, we're not even planning to release any of the musical content that they were going to release in the past two years. None of that was planned and they were originally going to take this break after on. And second of all, it's just become incredibly painful and exhausting for them to try and keep on um, releasing music during this time, especially because, you know, the pandemic, they were going through their own slumps as well. And people still expected them to just keep pushing through it. And that's really unfair to them. And it's unfair to their work ethic to act like they haven't been doing enough. And, you know, they really needed that break. And I'm glad that they had said so after so many people had just been bashing them for not doing enough with this new album. And it's like, you see how tired and exhausted they are. And they've just been overworked and they felt like they didn't know what direction the group was going after this. And so... I feel like being able to take this time and just really allow themselves their own self-discovery, their own experimentation as solo artists before coming back as a group later on in the distant future. I really hate the fact that there were some people who had ever tried to insinuate that like BTS are just letting people down. And that's one of the main reasons why they were so emotional during that video is because they were afraid that they were disappointing armies, that they were letting us down, that they weren't doing enough for us. And it's like, y'all were literally like the main perpetrators of why BTS felt the way they do. And that's why all of this guilt was eating them up for the past two years. So it's like, y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. I'm sorry. Like, I hate the fact that they ever had to feel that way and that they were so scared of taking this break simply because they thought that they would just be letting us down. I, like, I was so angry after all that. Right. Um, and what makes me mad is that I knew that once, you know, the title track came out and we were all listening to the anthology album that everyone was going to relax. Like it always does. People were going to no longer be angry about nothing. Um, and so it's just really sad that every single time before comeback, we have people just being loud and upset over something that I know they're not going to care about in the next two weeks. Right. Honestly, I am so happy with what BTS have decided to give us. I love my proof album. I have the physical actually standing next to me on my desk right now. Um, it's behind my butter albums. Um, and, you know, being able to listen to CD3 as well and listen to their demos and like the early stages of their music. I love the fact that they were able to share this with us. Um, the fact that they trusted us enough to give us such an intimate part of the music making process, such as a demo, because it's unfinished work. I mean, and we've all heard the final versions of the songs that they play for us in these demos. And so for them to trust us enough to see like the early stages of those songs, um, I just really appreciate that. And it just shows how much they care about the music because you can hear all the different changes, but also all the similarities in like their older demos. And that just goes to show you like how much effort BTS put into the music making process. And I just do not understand how you can look at an album like this. You can listen to songs like Yet to Come, like Run BTS and like For Youth and just not 
appreciate that. Um, I just don't understand how so many people are so ungrateful with the way that BTS have been making music. And it really frustrates me because BTS have always put their all into doing this music. And I just feel like it's so unfair to them. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about how the people have just been questioning BTS's integrity and their artistry and combined with how BTS, you know, we're also, in a sense, uh, kind of doing the same with themselves um, it, 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 and just like how emotional hearing that was. But I feel like, you know, the people that have been upset with BTS's um artistry and whatnot lately are, are not actually uh take they weren't keeping in mind bts's well-being which i think is the main difference um so uh and we talked about this in our you know um hyper consumption of media and talked about it in the last army anonymous but it's just it just really makes me sad about how so many people were just ready to completely dismiss this anthology album and i just hope that we could just get rid of the negativity um, that is in the fandom, or no, not us. It's not uh, that's not our responsibility. Um, I mean, sure, when it comes to you know not spreading solo and manti narratives, but if you are here in the fandom and you're not happy with what BTS releases, you're not happy with the things BTS are doing, you haven't enjoyed a comeback in like three years, you can leave. Take yourself out. Please. No one's Please get out. You. Like, all you're doing, like, to just not be enjoying something for several years and then get mad when other people do enjoy it, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and part of me understands the psychology side of it and whatnot, and, you know, you've invested time into it, so you don't want to just, like, let it go. But I'm telling you, it's okay. Let it go. Um, and with that, we'll go to the next submission. So this one just says K armies versus I army fights from the USA. Um, so I don't know if this is anything in particular. It might be about what was happening um, a few weeks ago. But just know that there has always been attempts to divide the international and the Korean um, sides of the fandoms. And I think a lot of that has to do with because from the beginning since like 2013 um to like 2015-ish uh k armies built a, a good relationship with international armies that's why you see um you'll see some older armies probably refer to k armies as k diamonds um and you'll see korean armies refer to international armies as i lovelies because those are nicknames that uh the fandoms gave to each other because they got along pretty well compared to other um, groups, international and Korean fandoms. And so it is It is not surprising at all that every single comeback we have to deal with some narrative that's happening on the K side to, you know, divide um, the fandom. Like, it happens every comeback. Yeah, um, I feel like when it comes to the K side versus I side, they're like a biggest issue is definitely like the language barrier. There's a lot of things that we may not understand um, just through, 
you know, for example, auto translating. And so we need somebody who's a middleman to explain what's going on and not even just the language barrier, but also cultural barriers. There are a lot of different things in Korea that are different that international fans may not understand. And so that also has to be explained. And, you know, all these kinds of things can sometimes lead to conflicts, whether they're big or small. Um, and I know that our K side and our I side are more connected than other fandoms K sides and I sides are. Although, of course, we're going to have those conflicts. Although I just wish that they, you know, didn't happen as frequently sometimes because I do think it's important for K sides and I sides to stay connected. Um, but unfortunately, there's some people who just really love to generalize either the K side or the I side. And make it seem like we are monoliths, that everyone is just one and the same on either side. And that really just perpetuates a lot more arguments in the fandom. And that's not the correct way to go about things. Um, and then, you know, if you happen to defend one side or the other, um, you know, then a lot of people take that as you being an apologist, you taking sides, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a lot. Um, so I just hope that within these next few months, we can just find some peace. Um, that's all I ask. Just for some peace on ARMY Twitter for even just one day. Just a day. Just a day. We'll, we'll see. Um, so yeah, next submission. This one says, It's concerning that some fans decide to outright leak pictures slash music slash fansite pictures through unfair means. And there are other fans who continually support them, follow them, share that content, and fight with the rest of the family, with the rest of the family, sorry, with the rest of the fandom as well, either intentionally or unintentionally because they were uninformed. This is very concerning. From India. Um... I think uh, a lot of this also has to do with the pandemic um, because BTS weren't doing public schedules and so they didn't have fan sites following them around. And so now that mm. it's been like two years and fan sites are back again and we have a major influx of new armies that don't know anything about fan site culture, they're probably not going to see what the issue is. That's very true. Um, for the past two years, BTS, uh, thank God, have had the luxury of not being mobbed by a bunch of weirdos who happened to figure out where their official schedules were. And we've talked about um, the problems with fan sites in, uh, it was either episode 13 or 14, um, but it's just a serious issue the way that so many of them will get their information illegally about where BTS are holding certain schedules. And so, um, honestly, like when it comes to things like fan sites, I feel like we really do need to start taking a stand against them because a lot of times these fan sites are just nothing more than glorified sasangs and they make money off of the photos that they take of the boys and the way that you see them constantly breaking rules, especially during concerts where um, it's forbidden to have professional cameras in concert venues, but they'll still try and sneak them in anyway. And then a lot of times people have to report them to security to have them escorted out. I know that's like a big, big thing. Like every single time that we have concerts, people always say, if you see a fan site, do not hesitate to go and call security because it's not even just an issue of breaking the rules. It's also a safety issue because if you see somebody 
duck down and reach into their backpack to grab some sort of like contraption that's going to cause panic and so it's not even so it's like if they can sneak in a professional camera imagine somebody sneaking actual weapons and so that's why a lot of times people just really do not like fan sites and for good reason i don't think we need to support them well, yes, they can provide us with high quality photos of BTS. At this point, we don't need it. Like anyone in Big Hit staff can do that. Like they can literally do the exact same thing as any type of fan site and they do it for free. So the fact that people still feel the need to just be following fan sites or purchasing any of their content, don't do that. And um, I can understand that some people are new to the fandom and may not understand how big of an issue fan sites are, not even just within the ARMY fandom, but just within the K-pop community in general. But I do ask that you guys do your homework if you're not um, fully aware of the situation, because fan sites are just a no-go in our fandom. And so many times we have seen the way that they will willingly just break rules. And sometimes they don't even look like they care too much about BTS in the first place. Like they'll be taking photos of BTS at like a concert. And then once they've gotten their photos, they sometimes they just get up and go. Sometimes they just go home. Like they really just don't look like they support the group at all. And so why should we ever be giving any sort of platform to somebody like that? Right. Um, and then when we also go to you know leaking music and like leaking pictures that were clearly not supposed to be released yet or a picture that was taken by some paparazzi through a bush um like those are just not acceptable and they've never been acceptable um the fact that at one point uh a few weeks ago uh we uh, had like arguments with people about music leaks um like if you're going to debate you know the uh morality and the ethical implications of leaking music uh you're not going to do it on army twitter it's just not allowed um if you're going to be an army we don't do that here that's just how it works uh that's how it's always worked um because we respect music artists and we respect um, the time and effort that they go into um, building a release and we know that it can be heartbreaking when that gets taken away from you um, so yeah uh, don't, don't we're not gonna bother engaging uh, with conversations about music leaks because it's never been a problem before and the fact that it suddenly became a problem uh, was not a good um, not a good direction um, for the fandom to head in. So I, I hope we uh, shut that down pretty quick. Yeah, if you listen to music leaks, you are terrible. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't understand how you can ever disrespect an artist's work like that. They clearly have a certain time when they're going to be ready to release that music. And for you guys to just go ahead and leak it or support leaks, that is just not going to fly in our fandom. And we've seen it in um, other fandoms. Like we had talked about it before. It was either like Normani or Scissor or something like that. And somebody had leaked her work 
And then she came onto Twitter and was like, hey, guys, like, don't leak my work. That's really disrespectful. And then people in the comments had the audacity to be like, oh, well, maybe if you took longer with your music, if you if you didn't take as long with your music that we wouldn't have to leak it. And it's like the fact that you have like the guts to say that to an artist like you are so like you're so terrible. Right. Um, and yeah, we're just going to leave it at that. So this is going to be the last submission um, for this part of Army Anonymous. So uh, let's wrap it up with this. This one says, well, I understand the Army has no real leader or authority. There should be a consensus on what basic Army values are, and those should be shared and taken seriously. We have a lot of new fans, and they're becoming more disconnected from what makes Army special. I don't want to lose that solidarity and cohesion in the fandom just because it's getting bigger. Without some kind of solid do's and don'ts, people are going to become confused and disillusioned. Morale will suffer. From the USA. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely. This is definitely a valid concern to have. And it kind of connects to what we were just talking about in the previous submission about, you know, music leaks. That's just a straight up don't in the fandom. Yeah, um, when it comes to things like that, we definitely need to have some basic rules. And I know that armies, we kind of do have that already, but... I feel like we definitely need to reiterate them every once in a while and we need to make a point of doing that because people are coming into the fandom every day and because BTS put out so much content, like anybody could be an army from like just about anything, whether it's carpool karaoke or BTS Fest Alive or the Proof Live or watching them at the White House. Like the fact that we even can say that we have White House armies, like that sounds like it sounds like we're in a simulation or something. So, you know, the fact that we have all these new fans coming in at all these different points means that you're going to have to keep repeating yourself. And that's the main reason why discourse can end up becoming so cyclic online. It's just because for the sake of new fans, we have to repeat it. Otherwise, they're not going to get it. And then they're going to end up going down the wrong path. And like we said, prevention is better than intervention. So I think that while we can, we just have to constantly be reminding people what is and is not acceptable within the fandom. Otherwise, people are going to lose sight of that. And we're going to end up with a culture of fans that really just do not respect BTS or their music or them as people. Right. And, you know, like we said in previous submissions, we don't know how to go about making some bright bulletin board that every army that enters the fandom can read and understand that these are the do's and don'ts. I don't know how to make that possible, but I do agree that we need to at least have some common understanding. Uh, So then that way... Um, everyone individually is able to do their part. Um, And so I think that is uh, probably the best that we can do right now. You know, it would be funny, actually, if Big Hit made, like, an official ARMY account and (laughs) then they could post do's and don'ts there. That would be so great. I would love that, actually. That would be absolutely hilarious, actually. (laughs) But... um... I, 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 would, I would love to do that. Um, sending a truck uh, at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say other than it is important that if we are not, um, if we do not have solidarity on what makes ARMY ARMY, then this person's right. Morale will suffer. 
Exactly. And so with that, I guess we can wrap up this part of Army Anonymous. So for anybody who's gotten this far, thank you for listening. And the next episode will be posted tomorrow, which will be our last part of this installment of Army Anonymous. So we will see you guys then. Bye.